Hi everybody, I'm Jason Davis of the Nerd Brand Podcast, the branding and marketing from a nerd's point of view, where we talk about, well, branding and marketing. So we do this on Anchor.fm. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. It's all, the, it's all the scar tissue from all the for all the all the battles I fought. <laughs> <laughs> what battles? The ad wars. I don't know. I just have a picture of you with a spear standing in a field going, dare me to change that logo again, you know, and I just that's kind of the thought that I had in my mind. Today's going to be a weird one, guys. I'm just letting you know. Uh- Welcome to the Nerd Brand Podcast, everybody. Guess who's back? It's JS. Hey, man. How you doing? Doing great. Glad to be back. <laughs> yeah, we're glad to have you back. Just in case, for those of you that don't know who this guy is, uh, he's a social media professional with almost a decade of experiencing managing and creating content for higher education, small business, and government social media accounts. Uh, he's also the co-host of Thought Feeder Podcast, a weekly podcast offering insights on digital marketing and higher education. So there you go. Um, so JS, if you got something you want to plug and tell them who you are, you know the Oh, skill. yeah. Um, yeah, my name is John Steven Stansel. You can find me on Twitter at JS Stansel. Um, yeah, up till recently, I've been working in social media and higher ed, but left uh, in January to pursue the freelance life. And since then, I've been working on accounts, uh, been working for uh, Amazon on Invincible. Uh, I've been working on with uh, Hyper RPG. They're a, a Twitch production company. Uh, it's really cool. Excited about, about working with them. I uh, just started working with Kyle Higgins, uh, the writer of Radiant Black comic book, who's starting his own imprint called Black Market Narrative, and a uh, an end of life services company called uh, Better Place for Us that does like sustainability and end of life services. It's really really amazing. So I'm excited to be like dipping my toes into to, to new things outside of higher ed, uh, mm-hmm. a, a kind of a, a mixed bag of different different fields and learning a whole lot. It's it's been been great. How are you getting into these places? I know you're excited about the uh, the Twitch partnership and all that. Well, we, we to to seg into the uh, to today's topic, personal branding. <laughs> you know, um, you know. Before I left my job in higher ed, I, I spent a lot of time building a personal brand before I needed a personal brand. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that was really what I, I you know in my mind. Like it sounds kind of. <sighs> tough to be like, Oh, I'm working on my personal brand, but like not, not really with that intention, like whether or not you're building a personal brand, just being online and being active and talking about your career and what you do and and being a a, a citizen of your professional community, Mm -hmm. you are, are working on a personal brand. So, um, you know, surprisingly enough enough people thought my thoughts were interesting enough to like reach out to me and and, want to work with me so uh that's been incredibly beneficial i see you i see your screenshots all across linkedin so (laughs) i know some credit you do a good job that blows my mind every time it happens and that's one place like i probably need to do more on but 
LinkedIn feels like homework to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I don't get excited about logging into LinkedIn the way some people do. Uh, so Twitter is really my my go-to place to be. And from time to time, people will screen cap tweets I have and, and forget to tag me on LinkedIn. Like, yeah, I'm fine if you do, do it. That just, just tag me so I can see it. All right. Uh, which beats the people that like just copy and paste what I write and then put it on LinkedIn as their own. That's happened a couple mm-hmm. of times. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I personally, I probably do need to do a better job of like putting some of my stuff there, but it also feels like cheating, like copying and pasting my own Twitter post yeah. into LinkedIn and putting the same content in two places. So, uh, yeah, I, I, for my personal brand, I probably need to work on a LinkedIn strategy. Well, you know. Well, it seems that whatever you're doing is working. So <laughs> I don't know if you need to check any more boxes if you're pulling in, you know, good good clients like that. That's true. Six months or seven months into a freelance uh, career. Yeah, I can tell you, I walked away from Facebook and I spent like a year in LinkedIn and I kind of never really, really went back. So, it, it, yeah, you talk about learning curve. Oh, yeah, it's, it's something. Um, and now I'm getting into Twitter. So I might be either looking really stupid or dangerous. I really don't know. Um, but I'm trying it now. I'm getting back into it because I kind of left it for, I left that even longer than Facebook. I walked away from that like several years ago. So it, it, it takes time and it takes time to build that. You know, I've had people reach out to me and like, well, how, how can I find freelance? You know, what, what did you do to find freelance work and how can I do it? And like, probably you need to start a couple of years ago. Um, <laughs> And building building that, and you if if you go back like search search do a Twitter search and like look at my tweets from like two or three years ago, they're horrible. <laughs> I mean, it take it, one. It, it's just like anything; you get better over time. And I really like Twitter because of, of that limitation that that you know two hundred and eighty characters. Like it really teaches you to synthesize complex thoughts really well into like a small space and make it understandable into this little mm-hmm. nugget. Um, but that takes time to learn how to do. And you, you've just got to keep, you know, my, my thing is like show up at Twitter every day and write one thought about marketing or whatever you do as a career. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. eventually you'll, I mean, you'll get really good at it. Yeah. There's, there's that. And then, you know, depending on your industry, I, you know, we're, we're fortunate to have the, the industry that we do on Twitter, you know, there's mm-hmm. thousands of people to engage with. They're starting conversations. It's a very conversational platform, so it's easy for us to kind of start poking our head in there and start engaging people and kind of creating that voice. Because I mean, it's just like building a brand. I mean, it's it's literally no different. You have exactly. to you have to stand for something. You have to be known for something, and you've got to to consistently get that voice across, that tone across, whatever that may be. Um, but it's very difficult. I mean, I'm consistently impressed by some of the bigger names on Twitter that are popping up in the feed constantly, you know, and, and just, and frankly, the amount of effort they put into it. If you look at, you know, the number of tweets they've, they've published over their lifetime or whatever, you know, hundreds of thousands. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how you get that. Honestly, it, It's a snowball effect. Like the more you do it, the more you want to do it. And the more thoughts you get to put on there, like as people interact with me, somebody will say something and that'll spur my mind. Like, Oh yeah, that's, that's a good thought. Like, can I, can I build on that a little bit? So like the more you do it, the more, more you get into it. It's mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Well, today's episode is titled should employees represent your brand on social media. And one of the first thing is, is building a personal brand on social media and why you should empower your employees to act as brand advocates. So, John, our John, found a story 
And I'll let you kind of take it from here, man, because it's interesting. JS and I were talking just before we all got here on the show about it just for a little bit. Yeah, I think uh, I think probably a lot of our listeners, especially in the marketing space, are pretty familiar. Um, basically, a, a, an employee of Sherwin-Williams, right, went on TikTok and was making good content, <laughs> interesting content, getting, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of views and just engaging the community doing the right thing, right? Uh, Sherwin-Williams comes in behind that and fires him, essentially. Uh, let him go over that. Uh, I guess they just felt it didn't, you know, they didn't have control of that. They didn't like that it was happening. Um, and it became a controversy across social media overall and uh, up to the point where the guy who got, you know, got fired, ended up getting hired by a, a competitor, Um and and it kind of went from there and i don't know where the story necessarily ended I, I know he's i believe he's still working at that other company but uh I mean, it begs the question of you know the topic that we're talking about today which is should employees be brand advocates and if yes how do you maintain that control how do you how do you empower that to occur because this guy did a great thing for sherwin williams i mean how often are they in the headlines on tiktok or anywhere yeah uh, so, or how so, much does people care about paint? Right, <laughs> exactly. You know, the I old mean, saying like, oh, I'm going to watch paint dry. Well, you know, here's a guy that figured <laughs> out a way to, maybe you want to wash it this time. <laughs> yeah. Or at least mixing it, because that's what he was doing, was mixing paint. <laughs> right. And, and he understood the platform so well of what worked. Mm -hmm. Like, he wasn't like getting up there and like, this is paint, blah, blah, blah. I was like, man, here, here's paint mixing, and it looks, these colors are blending, and it looks really cool. <laughs> and, right. and showing that detail that most people would, kind of overlook but fit the TikTok platform perfectly right. uh man i remember when the story happened and like it's so easy to play monday morning quarterback on it a little bit because you For don't sure. really know we don't know like the whole story like i, I kind of want to give sherman williams a little bit the benefit of the doubt because we don't know like you know maybe he was not a good employee anyway or you know somebody in hr was like hey we've just got a rule that we have to stick to or, or right. you know sometimes when legal gets in it becomes a they're don't you know nothing against the lawyers but they don't always have social media content at the forefront of their minds right right so but the way sherman williams handled it in the public eye made them the villain right in this story no matter what like perception is reality and the perception is Sherwin Williams fired the guy that was good at TikTok. So, yeah, it's, it's a tough, you know, it's like a catch 22 in some ways. I mean, maybe he was doing something that in some way was making them liable for something that we just were not aware of. Uh, I thought it was interesting that the, the plot twist of the other company coming in and hiring him, that's what changed the narrative to me. And yeah. that's kind of what created the narrative that uh, Sherwin Williams did something wrong. This, this, I think it was a pretty unknown company. I mean, I think they're mm -hmm. a, a large producer, but um, not on the level of a Sherwin Williams, not a household name. Uh, you know, they come in and they save the day and they're the hero. So somebody's got to be the villain, right? You got to have an antagonist. Uh, mm -hmm. I thought that was, that was a smart move on their part. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> they, they, then they got the, the PR, they got the social media attention. And you know, Sherwin Williams, social media manager was just, frustrated as all get out like why are we firing this guy like why can't we open me <laughs> yeah exactly why can't we turn this in, into content um why, why can't we train him to you know if he's not doing what we want him to do like let's pay him and train he has the audience 
he's talking up Sherwin Williams on his TikTok. Mm -hmm. Why why can't we bring you know? Yeah, it, right. Um, so it's just not a really forward thinking attitude of empowering your employees. Even now, like I've heard like Walmart is doing like trainings for their employees of like how to talk about products on your social media and like giving them rather than say this warning of like, don't do this. It's more like if you're going to do this, here are the tools here. Are, you know, people want to follow the rules. Yeah. Right. As an employee, like I don't want to say anything that's going to get me into trouble or get my yeah. company into trouble. I yeah. want to help, but I need to know what the rules are in order to follow them. And, and clearly like the Sherman Williams guy did, didn't figured what he was doing was okay. And didn't know that there were, you know, what rules were in place and was doing his own thing. Yeah. I think that's great that Walmart is doing that. Cause that's what I was thinking. I was like, if you want to empower your employees, ideas can come from anywhere. So why not put a mechanism in place that allows those to kind of come together in a room, if you will, and figure out like, okay, this is what we can do. This is what you can't do. This is what you can say. Kind of help your employees understand the boundaries. Just make sure the, as Mitch has said, the guardrails are pretty far apart, right? So you've got a lot of what room can I play? What lanes can I get in or things like that? I think if there's something like that in an organization, you don't really have something like this because you've got at least monthly or quarterly some meeting going on. Like, hey, what do y'all think that, how can we make paint interesting this month? <laughs> you know, it's right. pretty simple. I know, but it's harder to do than it is to say. <laughs> well, I, I can see from I can see from a corporate level, especially for large companies that have thousands and thousands of employees. It it that fact alone exponentially reduces the amount of control you have over your brand message. It creates an awful lot of unknowns, a lot of potentially a lot of loose cannons out there. <laughs> the, the question is, are how many of these people are going to gather enough attention and get tweeted, you know, reposted for it to make make a difference? How many of those people out there basically are talented enough with social media that they can make an impact like this this kid did for um, Sherman Williams? It just right. I, companies, corporate boards don't like unknowns. And they could easily this, go the other this, way. Like, sure. uh, it could happen with Panera Bread. Like, they had employees, like, from, you know, here's behind the scenes of Panera Bread, or, you know, and here's how we make that mac and cheese that you love so much. And it's just a <laughs> boiling bag, you know, pre-made thing. And, yeah, it can easily go the the opposite direction. So I understand, like, the, the yeah. fear of, like, I or don't know if we need to, right. Or even even to a different level, like, you have brand guidelines and brand standards and, and, you know, a, a kid working part-time at Sherwin Williams doesn't know that, you know, you, you, you can't, can't shift the logo into a certain way or, or right. anything like that. They don't, they don't know those things. So again, it comes back to like, tell your employees what the rules are, but leave enough room in those rules where they can maybe help you. Um, you know, another good example, you know, we could talk about is, is Chick-fil-A and Chick-fil-A is, we, we live in the South, right? Chick-fil-A is unavoidable here. And, <laughs> and even, you know, I'm not wild about their politics at all. And, um, but their employees on TikTok, they, you know, I think sometimes they're the best speakers of the brand. Like 
hey, I don't like your corporate structure, but the high school kids you've got working for you are really nice. And, <laughs> you know, that makes me well, feel I mean, a little bit better. And it, 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 it does speak to, I guess, I mean, the, the positive environment they create for their employees. Right. Exactly. You, 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 you can't have as widely loved a product. And it's not just the product that people love. It's the service they get when they get there. Regardless of what's going on in that boardroom, the interaction they have with the brand is 99% positive. Right. And their ability to do that and do is like you said, do it with an eight employing an age group, which is, I mean, come on, we, we all, we've, we've been to McDonald's and we've been to other places where that are using largely high school part-time employees. And sometimes the, the, I don't care is so strong. I mean, for better or worse, I was there, I've been there, I get it. Yeah. But it's like that for being able to cultivate that kind of a, a culture within their company. I mean, I, there's a lot, I think a lot of brands, not to get off on another tangent, there's a lot yeah. of other brands can learn from that respect, just in creating an environment where you make your employees brand advocates. Exactly. I, and for, that's probably an issue that a company, let's say like Walmart, I think they have a harder struggle mm-hmm. when it comes to, okay, we're going to unleash the power of our employees to promote, promote our brands on social media. Problem is Walmart isn't just one brand. It's all those other brands that are under yeah. that umbrella. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and exactly. you wonder what they you wonder what they are thinking. It's like, exactly. Uh... And, and like with Chick-fil-A, <laughs> it's not enough to like change my opinion on their corporate structure and like right, their, right, their right. opinion, you know, where they're donating their money. But it does, I mean, I'll be honest, it, it's when I see that on TikTok, it does soften it a little bit. Like, okay, well, you know, there are layers there. So, you know, do with that what you will. But but right. that's also organic. Like Chick-fil-A is not behind that. That's like their, their employees just, right. you know, they on their five minute break, making a video about how they actually like where they work, which yeah. I mean, that's tough to <laughs> how argue. How many people with. can say that? Yeah. Period. yeah. <laughs> well, which employees should carry out those efforts? That's one of the questions we got is like, is it frontline management, C-suite, you know, leadership? Is it just the marketing department? I mean, you know, because I mean, you kind of like we talked about or mentioned it, I believe, where we said, like, if you turn it loose to the whole thing, or like to the whole organization, uh oh, especially if you don't have guidance. But even if you have guidance and you turn it loose to the whole organization, is it better to sort of regulate it to this group? Or, you know, do you think that just be like Chick fil A, just be like, you know what? Fine. The person no. behind the cashier <laughs> and the person that does drives the trucks to deliver the food both can do it. Well, it's kind of tough now because there's the the lines are so blurred between our personal and professional life, right? From whether or not you're an after you know part time after school employee all the way up to CEO, right? There there's really I mean half of us now like my home is my office. This is <laughs> this is work, right? right? There's no the 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 lines are so blurred. Like my my personal social accounts are my professional social accounts. Um, so it really depends on, on, on the person and, and, and their comfort level with, with social media. Um, you know, there are CEOs on social media that are absolutely terrible at it. There are some that are amazing and like I working in higher ed, like different university presidents. I've worked at schools where I'm like, I do not want our president on Twitter, like at all, <laughs> like don't put them there. Um, and then others where it's like, how can we get them to tweet more? Cause every time they do it, it's awesome. Yeah. So 
it, it really comes down to, 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 to the individual and, and knowing the person, but I, I, it comes in setting rules and boundaries yeah. that are that, so people know what, you know, what lines to stay in and what it, it's the same thing with like media training, right? You don't want somebody who is untrained or doesn't have the talking points to go talk to, to a reporter. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, but we're talking to reporters every day, whether we know it or not, when we get on Twitter, right They're they're there. Uh, so giving them some guidelines, like, Hey, if you're going to put that you work here in your bio, if you're going to talk about your work, here are just a few things to keep in mind. And I think we have to be really careful with it too, because you have to allow people to be open and sincere about it. Like I see a lot of like, especially CEOs and, and C-suite folks who their entire Twitter feed is nothing but man, I love my company. Here's another great thing. My company did. This right. is so great. And like every tweet is just like that. And it's uh -huh. like, I don't one, I don't believe you Two, I don't want to follow you because you're not putting anything out. That's not just corporate I mean, propaganda. They're just a brand. They're just a brand account at that point. Like, wow, right. I'm, and not I'm even a good brand, brand account. Like right. the, the best brand accounts are at least a little self-referential that know, like it can be a, a slightly self-deprecating. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so you have to allow room for people to be like, Hey, I had a bad day today, you know, and that, that, that's fine. Well, I think, like you said, the, the lines are so blurred that even if you don't, you know, even if you're not out there in your Chick-fil-A uniform, you know, making TikTok videos at, at Chick-fil-A, you know, it's still very possible and easy on some levels to go find out where somebody works. So if they've misbehaved or if they've posted something that's inappropriate, you know, especially in the on professional the field, everybody who's got a LinkedIn profile is pretty easy to track down. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's the other, you know, well, there's also places in uh, manufacturing. Uh, I know a place that has their own developed uh, HRPO line. They, so they do basically, um, they, they, they cut steel. And so they run it through, it's hot road steel, they run it through pickle and oil. So acid and then they oil it. So that whole process they have takes up this big space. So imagine the one thing they don't want is an employee going through there with TikTok or any kind of video <laughs> showing that because a competitor may see that process and steal it. So yeah, it's very important no matter where you're at. Like if that is important to you to protect your process internally due to competition reasons, then you need to work on a policy ASAP. You're probably about 10 years behind on it, actually. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, like bad macro and cheese. <laughs> yeah. Well, it just comes out with, you know, not throwing out the baby with the bathwater because some of these things are going to happen no matter what. Like, you know, you've lost control at some point of, you know, people are, your employees are going to get on, on social media. They're going to talk about things. Even if you, like you said, like, even if you don't have where you work in your bio, it's easy enough to find out. Um, so I, that, that sort of training and awareness needs to go, wh whether or not they're going to talk about your brand on social media, that, that training and awareness needs to go throughout your entire organization. Everybody needs to be aware of, 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 of it. You have to wonder if maybe there's a way, especially for, again, talking about larger corporations that have thousands of employees. I mean, to, to some degree, JS, it's, it's as much about mitigating risk as it is about capitalizing on the energy that's that's there, so to speak. I mean, companies could maybe have initiatives where they'll, they'll run a, a promotion within the company, within the employees, have them submit ideas for social content. And then 
maybe they select, you know, certain groups of people, maybe regionally, maybe by state, whatever the case, and kind of make them brand ambassadors for the month. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah, you got parking like that. for employees of the month. Why not do that? <laughs> right. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's a way to capitalize yeah. on that organic, that organic power from within, but also mitigate, mitigate the potential for, you know, missteps, bad actors, whatever the case may be, because it's going to happen. It means like you just, yeah. like you said, you're going to, you're going to bad. You're going to get some of the bad with the good, but if you can, it's all about control it, but control it in a way that takes advantage of the positive energy that's there and not manipulative or, you know, dropping a hammer. Exactly. Give them the tools they need to, to do that, do it properly. Give them the rules to do it properly, but also like give them the leeway. And this is an important thing to remember, like let, them make your brand a part of their personal brand mm-hmm. right and then you find out that once that happens because people are much more protective of whether or not they call it a personal brand or whatever or not they're much more protective of their their own image than they are of your company's <laughs> image right. so if right. your your company's brand is a part of their personal brand they're going to protect both you know we ran into this when you know in, in higher ed we would sometimes do student takeovers and there was always this concern of, well, what if a student goes off the rails and like, you know, they have the password to the the Instagram account and they start, you know, if they go to a, a party and start drinking and all of this, I'm like, well, they're not going to do that because that makes them look bad too, right? You have to have some level of trust that people are going to watch out for their own image and their own right. brand. Um, and and their Exactly. You hired them for hopefully for a good reason, then you kind of felt them out, you know, that maybe they, you know, kind of felt out whether they had integrity, whether they were an upstanding person who's going to make good decisions. Right. Uh, And there's always going to be risk involved, right? But whether or not your employees are allowed to talk about what they're doing on social media, there's a good chance they'll end up on social media anyway. You know, I've had, you know, I I won't, I won't mention specifics, but like, you know, you, you give the employee keys to the, the company car and that car has your logo emblazoned all over it. Right. And that employee double parks, (laughs) somebody, somebody is going to take a picture of that and say, Hey, so-and-so brand, why are, you know, your employees double parked. And then that's on, on social media, you know, Mm -hmm. somebody's, in that company car texting and drive or anything they're wearing your yep. y- y'all have nerd brand polo shirts on right you you go you go somewhere and act a fool and everybody's going to be like hey nerd brand right mm-hmm. so yeah, that's when we kind of have to do like that if it ain't our fault though just for those <laughs> hide, hide it hide it Gaffer tape. Mm-hmm. So, so, uh, to, to the risk conversation you know i think uh, a mistake that a lot of brands make a lot of c-suite leaders who don't fully comprehend or don't feel confident that they understand these channels uh-huh. you know their gut reaction and their policy is we're not doing it <laughs> we're not doing anything we're not getting yeah. on social media the brand's not going to be on social media our employees if they get on social media they're fired uh, even big big brands i mean I've, I've got a couple friends i won't mention the name of the company because i'm not going to badmouth anybody but basically if you if you talk negatively about the employer According to them, you get fired, and it's just that simple. Um, you know that opens up th- this idea that you can just, you know, make this hardline policy that we're just not going to do it, and anybody who breaks that rule is fired. Opens a whole legal door that, yeah. that especially big name brands, have to be considerate of. Um, 
there was a, a Supreme Court ruling like just a few weeks ago with the student who was being critical of her high school uh, and using colorful language, as the case put it. Uh, it went to the Supreme Court and said, can this school penalize her for making off-site negative commentary about the school? And the student won, you know, the, the, the case student's not an employee. <laughs> like, yeah. she's not, I mean, right, right. right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But the, the way they ruled that, you know, some of the, like one of the things that they ruled based on is that there has to be evidence of disruption, you know, mm-hmm. within the organization, within the school. And there was no, you know, beyond a reasonable doubt, whatever the, the legal qualification is, there was no evidence that that, that, that had a, a disruption. Um, but that ruling is now extending into how do employers and employees interact? What happens if an employee goes on social media and starts talking trash about a coworker or something like that? What can the, what can the employer legally do? You know, cause he can't just throw down the hammer and be like, you're fired. Cause well, you know. it, it probably, it's like you said, it probably comes down to, you have to, there's gotta be demonstrable damage done. Probably more than likely. I, I, I would guess I'm, I'm not an attorney and I don't play one on television. But it, it, it seemed to me you had, once. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it seems like you'd have to show demonstrable damage that's been done, yeah. irreparable harm of some kind. But and never mind the fact that she was off site, off campus, in her own free time, on her in her own social media space, speaking her mind. Yeah. yeah. It came down to me it was a first amendment protection but right exactly again, and there there are those for employees but there are a lot of intricacies and that's the that's the point that as an employer especially of a huge brand with thousands of employees where you're gonna face a situation you can't just say hey we don't participate in this unless you're apple maybe i don't know yeah. honestly i think it comes down to something like and this is going to have to be required for for all employees eventually is so basic social media training, just like you do your your annual sexual harassment, workplace mm-hmm. safety trainings that you have to do. I think there needs to be something on social media that's a, a, a training on social media uh, that says, okay, here's, here, here, here's what, what you can and can't do. Here are examples of things that have gone wrong. Here are things, examples that have gone right. And mm-hmm. you need to be aware of that as an employee. Yeah. Um, and and I, I think, think brands need to kind of take take the initiative to be like, okay, we, we, we need, we need to institute something. People develop a perception of what's happening. I mean, you could, we all know that if I was told a long time ago, if you put two people in a room, they both look out a window, one sees a tree, the other one sees a sidewalk and no tree. Cause it's just about, it's about perception. Same window, same thing outside going on kind of happens that way in, in video, you know, you gotta be, you gotta not judge. I don't think so harshly. It's kind of like what we talked about when we started the show with Sherman Williams, you know, we don't really know, like maybe they were like, well, we wrote that rule. We have to enforce it, you know, and legally, if we don't enforce it, then we could end up this cascade effect of things in policy just starts to cause issues. So we have to do something. We don't really know. We weren't behind the door, you know, and it comes back down to the, like, but the perception is reality and we have to like deal with what the public is perceiving. Um, and and it is is tough because one, one thing I I kind of, I'm always careful with about that, that, that Sherman Williams story is you don't, there are things in HR that you just can't, share there's like limit you may be privy to information like who knows he could have been high while he was doing it and they had a, a positive drug test but but because of certain reasons True. they they can't share that information right right, right. so uh, 
He may have created that whole narrative himself. He may have exactly. Yeah. So not to not to throw him under. <laughs> I, I, it, 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 you you just don't know. And some sometimes, like in social media and and, and, and crisis com, you just have to say, you know what, we're going to take our hit on the chin and then move, move on. on. Um, and that that's the best you can hope for. Yeah. Um, earlier, you know, what Right. You brought a positive. Right. Mm -hmm. How can you positively incentivize people to take the actions you want? In that case, for example, a lot of people were like, <clears throat> give him a promotion, you know, let him be on the marketing team. Let him be a content creator, whatever it may be. That sounds like a positive incentive. But then what if, you know, a hundred other Sherwin Williams employees start to do a bunch of crazy, you know, it escalates. They start to do crazy <laughs> stuff on TikTok to get attention from corporate. Yeah, you know, I mean that may be a an unintended side effect, and and they didn't want to but go down that road. Who knows? It did. It did seem to me that the the knee <clears throat> the knee jerk reaction in the mark in the marketing social media biosphere was the knee jerk reaction was to immediately come to the defense of the kid. Just in, I mean, like overnight. And I thought I I mean and and is I I was sympathetic, but I kept thinking, well, it's not hard to see why happened though. awful fast. Do we know the whole story? Do we know the whole story here? Yeah, but that's not hard to understand to see why. I mean, you got big corporate versus the person. Well, yeah, David yeah. and Goliath. That's the perception. So everybody's anyway. gonna go for mm -hmm. David, David, David. Nobody's gonna say like, yeah, sure, you know, go corporate. Nobody's gonna wear <laughs> go <that>. Goliath. <laughs> nobody's wearing that T-shirt. Go corporate. I mean, nobody. Go Leviathan. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I kind of can see that. But I mean, all of this for our listeners out there, it's like social media is complex. It's difficult. It is more than just figuring out a content calendar and posting a bunch of stuff out there. Um, it is full on messaging. You're 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 talking to people and you don't. I think it's dangerous because if you don't realize that as you're talking, somebody's listening. And I think a lot of that is that I remember early, like I said, early in the days, getting on Facebook, everybody would just slap stuff out there. And it was like, uh, people are reading that. <laughs> and then they had the comment section. <laughs> well, I think part of it goes, part of it goes back to something JS said. And that's, you know, I, I, even still, I think there's a perception of people's mind. They step into Facebook, they step into Twitter, whatever the case, and there's the persona they have there. Mm -hmm. And they feel like, they can back out of the chair, leave the room, put the phone down, whatever the case. And they're now in a, I'm in the real world now. It, it doesn't work like that. I, I, mean, I, I feel like, like my social media persona, my, myself, uh, when, I, when I'm on Twitter, it, it, it is my personality amplified. It's, it's like being on, right. like, you know, my, 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 I've got a minor in theater. And it's like when you're on stage, every movement is slightly bigger because people are far away and you want them to, you know, be able to see these things. And I, when you're compressed into 280 characters, like those pronouncement, it, Twitter does not reward nuance. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> it is, um, I, I think that's something that people do need to be aware of. Like you're, you're, you're yourself times 10 on social media. Yes. Uh, or, or whatever that self is you think you're being, that's, that it that exists now mm -hmm. yeah. it's real it is real it may not be the way you behave when you walk out your front door but that persona exists it's a real thing it doesn't disappear when you put the device down but <laughs> on the flip side of that is it it can be really good too right like 
people do amazing things on social media and, oh, and, yeah. and, and like, I, I think it's easy to dwell on like the negative side sometimes because that, that danger and that, that, that is very real and can, you know, happen to, to anybody, but that's what gets all the news stories. That's what gets all news stories, but you don't see the, Hey, somebody got a job because they were on Twitter. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, or it just are, are, are good things, the connections that, that, that we make on, on social media with other people and, and, and it humanizing a brand on, on social media, like people knowing like, okay, there, there, there are actual people that, that work there, um, that well, are, it worked for us. Yeah. yeah, it worked but, for us. We met you, Yeah, you know, we've met, uh, Diana over at SEMrush. Uh, we've met, you know, Dana, who's a great copywriter, uh, and, and designer. We've met so many people, you know, even Jason Bernard all the way over in Paris, France. None of that, I don't think would have ever happened if not for social media. It wouldn't have, it just wouldn't have. Well, it's all incredible. Pulled, all pulled from Twitter. I mean, look, I, I live, I live in rural Arkansas, right? Job opportunities for marketing are very small here. Um, thanks to social media and being able to work remote now, like I can work with, with companies in, in California that I never would have the chance to work for. And if I did move out to California, would not be able to raise a family (laughs) based on, on, on salary. Right. Right, So social media facilitating these, these opportunities for people and and you, you want to talk about building diversity in your brand, right? Um, You know, not everybody lives in New York and LA, right? There are people in, in flyover country that, you know, that are out there that are, are in marginalized underrepresented groups that, Mm -hmm are available right look on social media find them give them that opportunity to like to work remote and 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 you can bring that to your company so there are so many positives there um so when you dwell on those those negatives i I think yeah if it comes back to like throwing out the baby with the bathwater, like yeah we're i was we're happy to have you back on the show anytime uh and uh we thank you for giving us your time right now for this show Uh, i want to kind of let you plug away something uh, tell the folks where they can find you yeah, um, my, visit my personal brand on uh, on Twitter. I'm, I'm uh, <laughs> at JS Stancil. Uh, you can hear my podcast, Thought Feeder Podcast, uh, anywhere, just wherever you get your podcast, uh, you can find that. And um, you can visit my website uh, at uh, just jsstancil.com. All right, there you go. So thank you for all our listeners out there for listening. Uh, We appreciate if you go to YouTube, this video, we do a video version of the podcast. If you're listening to this on audio, then, you know, you can go to YouTube and check it out and actually see our faces. And then make sure you do all the YouTube things where you like and subscribe. Ring the bell. That part. We're vain and we'd like the vanity URL. Yeah, we are still uh, working toward vanity URL. We uh, actually have seen uh, folks like jump in on YouTube. We've had comments. We've had people like and, and do those things. And so we're kind of happy to see that and momentum on that. Um, so, uh, you know, JS will put your face on there and that'll be all we put on there. And uh, I think that's going to wrap up the show. Oh, we'll take. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right, everybody. And we and we still need to get to a discussion sometime, JS, about those guitars. Oh, yeah. Anytime. Yeah. Bring it. <laughs> All right. Everybody, thanks for listening once again. And remember, keep your nerve band strong.